Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. These two studs, it's Donna and Panzo. Come on. You guys are literally about to have the most action-packed segment from two of the greatest on Clubhouse, not just greatest speakers, both in real life and on this platform, but two dope human beings that have helped thousands upon thousands of people reach their potential by crushing their limiting beliefs, giving them the tools necessary to do so, and building them up in ways that really creates a beautiful synergy for their future. So it is without much ado and with great pleasure that I introduce two of the clubhouse greats, Miss Donna Bowling and Mr. Brian Fanzo. Great job. And Fanzo, I love it. Your ADHD is your superpower, which I love. And you're a, a girl dad, so I even love that. So take, take it over and thank you, Alexander, for that transition. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tom. And thank you, Alexander. And Donna, are you there? You know, I, I rushed home, you know, from uh, my gig to get here. So excited for a new little egg uh, hour and segment that we're about to drop. So Donna, are you there? I am here. I am ready to go. I am amped up. I'm, I'm about to get everyone in this room amped up. That's what I'm here for. So are you ready, Fanzo, re to get I'm amped ready. up? I'm ready. <laughs> and, I, and I love that we got to come in right after, uh, you know, not only conversations on content and social media. I love, I'm a big fan of episodic content and big believer in not only uh, creating but documenting your life and I, I just got off stage I, I spoke at a an event uh, for the the center of uh, or it's actually I guess the the center of research for trade shows and uh, exhibitors and I got to geek out on a whole bunch of like uh, you know nfts creator economy so I got all the geeking out stuff out of the way Donna so we can uh, we can kind of connect on this segment and I'm excited for this topic uh, it's one that you and I have been working on. Uh, it's kind of integrated in both of our uh, conversations we've had here in Breakfast with Champion over the last couple of weeks, but we haven't really dove directly in and kind of hit some of this on the head, and I think there's a lot of people that will be able to resonate with this and also kind of connect a little bit further. So yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this, Donna. I am so ready. You know, 
when I first met you, I remember, you know, I met you obviously here on Clubhouse, Fanzo. And when we, uh, when I met you in your room, press the damn button, which is a room that you host every once in a while in your club, Misfit Mafia. I wish you hosted it more because it's one of my favorite rooms, the idea of pressing the damn button. And your, um, your talk yesterday morning, your uh, segment was so motivating. And it was this idea of raising your hand and going all in on yourself and, and taking those chances. And so when I first went in that room, I remember you did speak about how you translate the geek speak and how you kind of, uh, what what's the word? Um, what do you call it? You bridge the gap? Is that what you say? You bridge the gap between technology and humanity. And I love that because you're also my go-to person whenever I need help with my, my like tech stuff, like with my podcast, my roadcaster, I always just go to Fanzo. Fanzo is like my phone a friend when it comes to anything tech. So I'm stoked to be here with you. I feel like between, you know, I will say for anyone in the room that doesn't really know both Fanzo and I, we have a lot of similarities in terms of our values and in terms of what we talk about and how we connect with our audiences. Um, and it's interesting because when I first started watching you, um, over on Instagram, I was like, what is going on? Why do we have the same content? We do it very differently. You are much more, um, how should I say it? Uh, All over the place. (laughs) You're much more ADHD version of what I am. I live in organized chaos. That's how I I like that. I actually live a little bit in organized chaos, but I don't think I show it as much as you. But I, but we both talk about a lot of similarities. We talk about personal branding. We tra- We talked about. Um, we talk about being yourself. We talk about showing up online. Um, you know, as you are going live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have a lot of similar. Um, conversations. And that's kind of, it's funny because when we were chatting yesterday about what we should talk about today, isn't that kind of like how we came up with it? We were like, ooh, let's start talking about this because this is something that we've been talking about just offline, you and I, a bunch lately. Um, so do you want to kind of introduce what we're going to talk about, Fanzo? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think for everyone here, I think part of, you know, and Donna, it's, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of overlap and similarities, but yet, you know, you're a, a boy mom in L.A. and I'm a girl dad in Virginia. Uh, so you couldn't get where, you know, we're coming at you from two sides of the country, uh, two different, you know, you know, I think even our paths and our, our backgrounds, uh, you know, kind of connect differently. And, but I think that, you know, one of those through lines is the idea of something, you know, a word that I refuse to allow to ever become a buzzword and that is the word authenticity. And I'm a big believer in the power of authenticity. I'm a big believer that we, as a as a collective we, a universal we, whichever you want to refer to it, um, have the opportunity to really understand, amplify, celebrate those that are authentic. Right? I've, I said for many years the greatest compliment I could get. You know, I'm a full-time keynote speaker, and uh, although I love when someone says they learn from me or they say that you know they're inspired for what I have to say. For the longest time, the greatest compliment someone could get was like, man, Brian, I've been following you for years online. You're the exact same person online as you are offline. And it sounds kind of vanilla when because so, you're like, really? That's what you care about? But let's face it, for a long, for all, many, many years, and, and it still you know, exists maybe a little bit less today than in years past, you know, people fake it till they make it, show up as someone else, they, you know, the whole idea of catfishing. And you know, Donna, we did meet here on uh, Clubhouse, but we had the opportunity twice to meet in person 
uh, both in Las Vegas for the National Speakers Association, and then of course for the Amazing Breakfast with Champions Symposium there in New York City. And I will say, you know, John, one of the things that stood out for me is you are the exact same person uh, offline as you are online. And I think for many, that idea sounds very novel. It sounds like, hey, yeah, of course, you know, just show up as yourself and, and be the same person. But I will put it out there, a lot of people struggle with that. And then there's also this other element, and this is where we're gonna kind of dive in here, is that you know as we grow um, our social presence, as we grow our following, as we grow our you know the the fans that we we create, oftentimes our ability to stay true to ourselves, our ability to not lose what has most important to us, and then maybe even you know maybe the most important aspect in my opinion, um, not forget who was there along the way that helped you get there. Right? I I feel. I know lots of people that, I was going to say friends, but let's just say people, lots of peers that um, were very grounded, very great humans, and then they had a best-selling book and all of a sudden forgot everyone and anyone that, that helped them uh, or were there supporting them from the jump. And I think you know, there's an element of that in what we, you know, we can see, even here on Clubhouse, where the idea is it's kind of a beautiful thing when you realize that your voice matters, what you have to say is making an impact, and you know, I still look at this as a platform that allows us to find our people, right? Like, it's to me that's still the magic of Clubhouse is going into a room and being like, hey, these are my people. And, but with that also comes this new, you know, idea of, hey, if I'm getting invited into more rooms, now I'm being asked to be on a podcast. Hey, now I've got people that are building me up in ways that I've never been built up before. How do we not allow that to change us in a way that maybe all of a sudden we lose what grounds us. We lose some of those key aspects. And yes, it can still work in the short term, but I'm a believer that if you aren't building this in the long term, that overall uh, piece, that I think it, this can be a, a detriment. And Donna, in your segment last week, you brought up, you know, you're a, a casting director in a previous life, and you've been able to cast some amazing stars, most of them my kids love, uh, because my daughters are huge uh, Disney fans, and a lot of, uh, actually, the, my daughter, actually, this is funny, an interesting part is my middle daughter is actually dressing up for Halloween as one of the characters of, uh, of with an actress that actually, Donna, that you casted, and, and you actually told a story about her um, last week, and just the idea of you know, I think it's so interesting in casting, right? I'm not someone that's ever, well, I was going to say never tried out for a TV show, but I did try out for Big Brother one year, and I did make it to the final interview of Big Brother, but I've never been, like, someone that has read a script and had to, um, you know, try out. I was one that, you know, attempted to be a thespian in high school, um, and I enjoy the idea of that, but just the, th the concept of, you know, you're giving out uh, a script, right? You're telling people, hey, I need you, I, I, if you're interested in reading this, this is the script, this is the container that this is going to live in, now go deliver that lines. And to me, that's such an interesting element of this because ultimately what we're saying is read what everyone else is reading, but do it in the way that is most true to yourself if you want this job. So Donna, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit through that. You can even mention Debbie Ryan, who is the one that my daughter is going to be dressing up for for Halloween uh, this year as we are big fans of, of multiple shows that she has been in over the years. Uh, we still watch some of the older ones as well. But talk to us a little bit about what, about that whole process with Debbie Ryan and even you know, what, what really ended up getting her some of those initial gigs and, and it might not be what most people would expect. 
I love that setup. Thank you, Fanzo. You know, I was I had a masterclass last week um, all about amping up your inner star. That's kind of my my thing that I'm talking about right now is is the star method and getting as a person who has a brand, a personal brand, especially here on Clubhouse, if you are wondering how to kind of like stand out in the crowd, right? The online crowd, it's this idea of amping up who you are inside of you that is your star factor. We all have it. And so what I was using as this example, and Fanzo watched the masterclass because he's such a friend and such a supporter. And he was like, I never heard that story. And you know, we've shared how many hours, Fanzo, have we shared on Clubhouse stages? Like you have all the d data. What is it? Uh, oh, so you just said that. So 108 hours and 42 minutes. Okay, 108 hours and 42 minutes Fanzo and I have spent on stages together. And I talk a lot, and he has never heard that story. So what I was telling him and everyone that was part of the masterclass was the idea of when I was casting Sweet Life on Deck. So for those of you that are in this room and have kids, or maybe you watched it when you were younger, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody was the show with Dylan and Cole Sprouse, twins on Disney Channel. They lived in a hotel, right? Then there was a spinoff called Sweet Life on Deck. I was 26 years old and I got this job to cast it. And it was right during the writer's strike. I remember I was feeling really, really young. I mean, I was feeling really, really nervous. It was my first job as a casting director and we decided we were going to go all in. My casting partner and I, Brandy and I, we decided like, we will not sleep. We are going to find the best person for this role. And so we started auditioning um, kids and, uh, you know, teens or whatever from all over the country. And like I said, the writer strike was going on, but we were still reading and auditioning on tape. And at the time it was VHSs. And we got a VHS tape after seeing hundreds of girls, hundreds. And I remember the role was Debbie Ryan. The, the role that Debbie Ryan got was um, she was, uh, gosh, what was her name? Bailey. Her name was Bailey from Kettlecorn, Kansas. And so these girls would come in and they would put on these um, fake freckles and they would put like wires in their hair so that they had Pippi Longstocking type of braids. And they would wear their little overalls and like literally like put hay in their mouth. Like it was so out of control. And that was never the right way to go because what was happening was actors were just trying to play the part, right? They were trying to become a part that they weren't authentically. And that's the interesting thing about acting. Acting, you do have to put on the character. You have to act. But every single actor that gets a role most likely has a piece of that person, that character inside of them. And so Bailey, or Debbie Ryan, I should say, I call her Bailey now because, hello, she got the role. I remember this so well. It was like 6.30 at night. And Brandy and I were just going through tapes and we take notes and we're watching tapes in and out of the VHS, the VCR, in and out, in and out, in and out. And finally, we pop in Debbie's and it's her in her bedroom. Her mom is filming her and reading with her and her mom is not an actress. And it was very clear. And so she was against her little, you know, her bedroom wall with like pictures of, of I don't even know, little like teeny boppers. And, um, and she read the role. And she was good. She was good. She wasn't great, but she was good. There was something there. It was her face. It was the way she read it. It was the 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 re the real quality of her. So we we gave her notes. We said, "Can you do it again?" And here, read it again. Do it this way. And she put herself back on tape, and then she sent it back over. And so at this point, we said, "Oh gosh, we've got someone that not only can take really good direction, but she obviously has some qualities here that we need to see." So we showed it to the producers. The producers of the show were like, "We like her." 
let's get her out here. So we flew her out to Los Angeles. She got to meet with the producer. She read for them. They were, they were all blown away. She was so sweet, so kind, so humble, and so um, just like she embodied this character of Bailey from Kettlecorn, Kansas. And then all of a sudden she went into, um, you know, we had to get her into Disney. And Disney, that's the next step, is the testing step. So she goes over to Disney um, and it's we're on the 21st floor. And my job, so I wouldn't read with the actors. Brandy always read with the actors. What I liked to do was I liked bringing the actors in and out of the room. And the reason why is because it's a very highly nerve-wracking situation. This is for adults and kids alike. When you get to the 21st floor, you have to sit in this lobby and all you see are pictures of Disney shows, right? Like, so all the shows, Hannah Montana and Lizzie McGuire and Phil of the Future and all these shows that we all grew up watching or, you know, a lot of our kids did. And they're sitting there and they're nervous. And so I go out there and I say, Debbie, you ready? And she'd walk in with me. And I know in that moment, as I'm walking them the, you know, 100 feet from the lobby to the 21st floor conference room, which is this massive conference room, huge table with 20 executives and a big bright light staring at you. When I walk them through that hallway, I know that that's the moment they're looking at me like, save me. Like, what, what can I do for them in that moment to get them to calm? down you know that moment like right before you go out on stage fans are do you get nervous before you go out on stage ever well i always like to say um it's not about the difference between those that say they don't get nervous and those that say they do get nervous is that we identify that the the nerves can also be excitement so i get excited every time i take the stage if it's you know it was 101 executives today in the room or you know 10,000 people in the arena uh, two weeks ago so i i the nerve I feel it. I feel that momentum, but I always channel it as excitement, a little bit less as nerves, but uh, it kind of fits on both sides. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a nervous person. Like I Although get anxiety. You said, said 26th floor sitting outside a, an office waiting for my name to be called. That made me nervous just thinking about it. So I have anxiety thinking about <laughs> it right now too. Honestly, my stomach hurts. Like I swear I was thinking about that moment. It's so, and this is a moment that will change their freaking lives. You guys think about this. I don't know. Barbara was here earlier. Barbara Jessica, she was talking about her five-year-old daughter and how her five-year-old daughter was like modeling at the time. This is an experience that if your kid, if you're a parent right now, if your kid gets this role, it's not money and it's not an experience. It is a complete life change because if your kid gets the lead role on a Disney show, let's be honest, you know what happens. Instant fame right? Instant fame, followers, fans, kids following you. No more privacy. That is it. And we've all heard the stories of it going south, right? So this, this is a moment that is like a life-changing moment. And I remember going out there and saying, Debbie, and she was walking in with me and we've met now three, four, five times and I've worked with her and I've like met her mom now and you know, whatever. And I want her to get this role because if she gets this role, you guys, my job is better, right? Like I did my job. And so I walk her in and she's nervous and I'm like, you got this. And she's a star, right? Like I knew she was, but when she walked into that room, this girl who had confidence, who was strong, who was an amazing actor who has done it 15 times for different producers already. She walks in the room and she sees Dylan and Cole Sprouse. And within one second, you guys, Debbie Ryan became a 15-year-old fan. Like something changed in her. Because all of a sudden now she's standing in there and she's like, oh, I have pictures of you guys on my wall. 
Like she showed in that moment and she didn't hide it and she didn't pretend to be too cool for school and she didn't try to show up like I'm I'm good. I don't care that it's Dylan and Culprit. She showed up as exactly herself. And what can I tell you? This moment is the reason she got the job. And I know it for a fact because when she auditioned, she read the role, she did a great job. She walked out and the head of Disney in that moment, he looked at us right now in this in this second where everyone's like, so what'd you think? And everyone kind of defers to him. And I'm not gonna say his name just in case, but you know, you can Google the head of the Disney channel. And he looked at us and he said, that's the girl because that's a real girl. You wanna know why? And where's Rachel D'Alto? Of course, she's not here because America will relate to her. America will relate to this girl. And so if she walked in there and she was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, who cares? Still in a cold sprouts, who cares? It would have been a completely different experience. And who knows if she would have gotten the role. So this is the story I shared last week during the masterclass and fans, was like, I freaking love that story. And what we talked about was how do we bring this to Breakfast of Champions? How do we bring this conversation about growing in fame, growing in popularity, growing in followers, growing, growing, growing? How do you not lose that real, humble, humility, that that authenticity that we all talk about, that that feeling of who you really are, Brian? Yeah, you know, I, I love, you know, there's so many aspects of that story, too, that I think we have to, like, connect the dots in. But there's also, you know, we're not here to talk about, you know, and this is what I, I think I might have said this once, and I, and I regret it if I did say it, but, like, oftentimes when this is, like, shared, I hear this, like, vanilla concept of, well, it's okay. When I get off stage, I go home and still have to change the diaper. So that's what keeps me grounded. And that's like 99.9% BS, in my opinion. And then there's also the element of like, okay, that, that's a difference between like real remembering that you also are, you know, are human. And, that, and like, I, I, it always bothers me, like, especially when men say that um, and calling out all dads that are out there, right? That, that as if like, changing a diaper is the is the thing that like you know last time i checked it takes two to make a kid and two that are responsible for raising a child and it's not uh you're not babysitting it's called doing your your job as a parent and a father and a mother and so like to that point where you said not only keeping grounded but also like understanding what is working right and i think that part of debbie ryan's story right and now like my daughter like think about that like think about that transition and part of it was was you know her essence of not allowing the moment to be bigger than what it really was, right? Like she stepped in there and became a fan of two people that she was a fan of, but also she didn't make it like you know like she didn't walk in there and say, "Hey, you got oh I, I've seen you guys on TV. I'm about to be on TV, right?" Or like that kind of like bravado that we oftentimes see. And I think this to me is something in today's day and age, the world we're living in today, that is essential because. It might not feel like that, and, and, it, and I don't think it has to do with followers or really large fame, but the moment all of a sudden you recognize, and I believe everybody that's listening to this right now, everyone that's in the room right now, you all have a story to say, to, to, to share, and your story matters, and you have an impact to make on others. And if you're able to get yourself out of your own way and recognize that it's not about your you, it's about the audience that you're speaking to, you're going to start to step into that that amazing feeling that we're kind of talking about here. But part of it that is scary and that is hard and becomes um, all-encompassing is 
now what do you do with that, right? Like not only how do you like leverage it and how do you, you know, build a business or you know, whatever those may, may be, but also how do you not lose yourself, the person that, or, you know, that you've always become and, and you know, not only stay grounded, but stay true to the things that have always worked. And I, you know, I see this a lot in, you know, in my world as a speaker, right? There's a lot of people that will tell me, Brian, uh, I am a, I am, I am better than that person that's up there as a paid speaker. Why am I not up there? Or they play that game as like, must be nice that you, you know, you get all those stages. Like if I got all the stages that you got, that I would be, you know, able to be up there. But there's also something about understanding, like, how do you deliver that and not lose yourself? Because in the world we're in right now, we have, I mean, we all live in consumption overload, right? We consume, we consume, we consume. And ultimately, we end up becoming, in many cases, if we only follow what people are telling us, we become the exhaust of those people that we're following. We, we, we lose our identity. And that's why, like, Donna, when you and I talk a lot about, you know, being yourself online and showing up as your whole self, it sounds like such a vanilla over-the-top, like, hey, of course, like, who else am I going to be? Well, for a lot of people... Every single time they post online, they try to convey something or someone that they are not. And I'm here to say in 2021 and beyond, that is no longer going to work. And yes, it's, it's still working for some people, and it might have worked for a lot of people. Maybe some of you in the room it might have worked for, and, and that's okay. Hey, kudos. That those were the times. But I believe that you know not only is transparency essential, and I know Miss Rachel D'Alto with her book is in here, but I mean, this was a slide on my deck today that I, you know, I firmly believe that the future of marketing is relatability. And your ability to be relatable comes down to your ability to not lose who you are no matter where you are in your journey of growth and business development and putting things out there to the world. And so in a way, Donna, I think that even that element of Debbie Ryan still being, you know, she was, she was going out for a role that was about being a regular girl and down to earth and someone that, 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 the, the Disney producer was wanting to relate with an audience. And ultimately, it was the way she showed up <laughs> that, you know, in, in her, her true self that stood out the most, more than the script, more than the tone that she was reading. And I think that's such an important aspect when we're thinking about that today because I think for so many people, they don't know where to get started. But then once they do get started, there is an essence of, like, how do I not get lost or how do I not, you know, kind of grow through that. And so, Don, I think, I think that story is such an important um, piece and it, it's something that we all have to just take uh, you know we have to have self-awareness a little bit on this we also have to have people around us but Donna how would you say that you know not only staying grounded but you know kind of keeping your momentum without losing yourself yeah I think it's, it's such an interesting conversation because I was listening to um, you know our friend Raylan who I think has a segment later today I could be wrong but he went live on Instagram and I love Raylan so much and he goes live now often on Instagram he says because I forced him to, but he's so good. And he, it was just, it was just me and maybe two other people watching. And he said, you got to sometimes just like press the button. Here we go back to Fanzo, press the damn button. Or, or if you want to listen to my, um, my new podcast called press the darn button. Um, if you, if you just go live without anything to say, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, why do we feel the need to have all our ducks in a row before we do 
the thing before we take the action. And for me, when I when I see, and I've seen this so much, I mean, I'm sure everyone here on the stage has seen the rise of people around us, right? We see people that have started and have exploded into growth, whether it's followers or they get pressed or something happens, they go viral, right? So how do we stay true to who we are, even though the world is saying, you're a big deal now? You're a big deal now. People are looking. People are watching you. What's like, you know, how do you how do you kind of maintain that true authenticity? What you said, the word self-awareness. What I think is super important is to be aware on a daily basis of your values, right? Like what you really believe in, your beliefs in terms of who you are and why you're doing what you do. And how you want to be seen and show up as. Not how you believe now that you have 300,000 followers rather than 3,000 followers, what you think you need to be. I think you need to stay true exactly to where you were when you started. Because what I wanted to actually ask you, because you got me into this documentary, and I think this is a really good um, kind of segue to talk about these girls. I don't know if anyone here... um, is anyone here on TikTok? Well, on. TikTok? Need, oh, need, yes, need, yes, yes. I need to level set this real quick. Okay, go, go, go. Well, first of all, the, the, to complete the full circle, the, the interesting element of that, Donna, is also, you know, if there's a book that you want to read, everyone that's out there, there's a book I can't recommend enough. It's the book I will recommend uh, it, beyond Rachel D'Alto's book, Relatable, which is now in stores. You can look at R- Rachel's book. There's a book, and the title is Black Sheep. And it happened to be, Donna, the first room that you went in, I actually was interviewing the, the author of this book called Black Sheep, and it's about finding your black sheep values, finding the values that, you know, that, that are true to you. But it, it, the book is more so than finding your values. It, un, it, it helps you understand why you must own them and you must put them out publicly to the world. Because right now we live in a world where we expect people to treat us with the way that we want to be treated, but we don't tell people how we want to be treated. And then we get mad because people aren't owning up. And like, how do, how do they not respect me? How do they not know who I stand for? And so the book is called Black Sheep. If you, it's uh, Brent Menzoir is his name, the author. Um, I will say in my, I, it's the, I mean, the book itself, you know, I, I'm not one that reads cover to cover. There were multiple chapters in that book that I went back and was like, oh my goodness, like that's the mindset I need to put this core value out there. So I just want to tie that in the full circle. And then the, the next one of this, and I feel like I'm like back-to-back bold predictions or bold comments, but I believe every single parent of kids under 20 sh- need to watch one documentary right now that's on there. And it's not, you know, the, we're not talking about Lulu Rich, and we're not talking about um, some of the but other ones. But why not? Can we just please talk about no, Lulu Rich? No, no we're not <sighs> talking about that. Um, but we can talk about, and it's the D'Amelio show on Hulu, which is... Charlie D'Amelio, who is the most followed human on TikTok, and her sister Dixie, and her parents. And some of you might have just rolled your eyes and been like, did he just tell us to go watch a documentary as parents about TikTok stars? And I did, and I am, because the, you know, they, uh, you know, took, you know, the context of it, for those that don't know Charlie D'Amelio, and she was an everyday kid creating everyday random TikToks um, as TikTok was kind of growing prior to the pandemic, um, and was just being kind of our, her goofy, you know, similar self, like many of our, our friends, our neighbors, our kids are being, and she happened a lot, and this is from her words, that she was at the right time, you know, right place at the right time, and kind of caught a little bit of bu- a little virality, and she has an older sister uh, named Dixie D'Amelio, and um, they happened to live in Connecticut at the time, and 
all of a sudden she just, you know, it started to be one of those things where she was trending and then her content kind of got more popular. And without hesitation, she is the girl next door, the everyday um, person. There's nothing that you were, you were like, okay, what was it about her that like I could teach my kids to be? There wasn't that thing. And that's part of why her magic exists. It's to your point, Donna, it's that relatability, right? It's that she's, well, she is that and, normal and, person. And the first night I watched it, I watched one episode and like, yeah, I've heard of her, but I'm not someone that like follows her on TikTok. So the first episode I watched and I, I, I literally text you and I was like, it's so interesting because coming from that Disney Channel um, casting side where you're looking for these quote unquote stars, I was like, I don't see the star quality in these girls. Like, I don't get it yet. That was episode one. And remember, you were like, just keep watching and you'll see. Yep. And and it's it's interesting that that. That side of them that you're talking about was something that I immediately was like, that wouldn't get them cast. That wouldn't get them be to become stars. But keep going. And, and I think, and that's the beauty. And I happened to be, I remember, you know, I started following, you know, her, I, you know, I was interview at the time I was interviewing TikTok influencers on like what they, why they were leaning in and what they were, you know, being a part of. And, you know, just for context, uh, I believe she's over 124 million followers on TikTok at this moment. Um, and the reason, and we'll connect this to the documentary in a second, but there is something that, you know, she was the right time, right place, right time. But she was also leaning into like what worked for her. What she has a background in dance and ballet, and she kind of like tapped into that. She was one that was not a, like was Tapped you know, into tapped that. Uh, tapped into that, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm she, she balleted her way she, into that, yeah. got it, got it. But, you know, and then her sister who had like, for one of their original TikToks, they kind of played off each other like, hey, you know, who's the older sister? Because they look very, they looked very similar at the time, a little bit less similar, similar now. But, you know, the, the fast forward of this is, the documentary takes place as they moved to LA and Dixie D'Amelio had a song that went on the, the top 10 bil um, billboard charts. My daughters know every single word of her very first song that she released. And that's the older sister. They, they, they have, she's done a Dunkin' Donuts, uh, you know, she's done tons of ads and marketing. Um, we've gone into many Dunkin' Donuts and ordered the Charlie, which is an actually ice, ice drink, ice coffee drink named after Charlie D'Amelio. But the documentary itself actually takes place as they've moved to LA from Connecticut to kind of, uh, you know, as the pandemic was happening and, you know, and her, their fame was kind of growing, they realized that being in LA um, would be more um, beneficial for their career. The aspects of the documentary, in my opinion, are as real on the topic of mental health, as real as the topic of social fame and how to the haters and the trolls and the nastiness that lives online can still exist and the impact it has on our youth, the impact it has on us. And I will say the parents that who, who also kind of, you know, have had their own, you know, TikTok accounts and people can judge. Uh, I'm not someone that judges. I look at anyone else that is doing something good that is not harming others as I am happy for them. Others can judge because to me that just says more about who you are and less about who they are. Um, and to me, part of the feeling of watching their, their family grow on TikTok and then watching this documentary was really them coming to uh, a, a kind of recognition that they didn't understand fame. They didn't even really understand living in LA and they didn't understand how do they help their daughters. One that really suffers massively with anxiety and depression. The other one that suffers massively from social anxiety. Not on top of that, having, having more people watch her then watch the Super Bowl every single day. Let, let me put that back in perspective, right? More people watch 
in one week, more people watch Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok than she gets more views than the Super Bowl does for, for viewership. And so the idea that's that, insane. Th- and this is a 15 year old, you know, or I guess she just turned 16. So 16 year old and an 18 year old. And her older sister is now doing some music elements. But to me, they're part of that documentary. It, it is real. And, and, and Donna, share your, because like, I was like, hey, just keep watching. And I have a different perspective because I feel like I've been watching them kind of grow up. And I will say, I was, I was so disgusted to see the comment section of grown-ass adults, and sorry, I have to use that as a language, that feel that they, behind a keyboard, have the audacity or the, the concept to berate or talk about what kids are wearing or what they're doing as if that, that makes them a better human. And, and I have like a very strong opinion about people that are, are hateful and bully um, online, but like I remember seeing like a couple of the comments and then more comments. Then I remember her taking a couple of weeks off earlier last year because the, the, the hate and the comments had, had kind of overwhelmed her. And the interesting thing about that documentary is she's talking, she has friends that are also TikTok famous, but not nearly the same you know, size. You know, they have 30 million followers, heaven forbid, not 120 million. But they talk a lot about that idea of like many of them don't look at the comment section. Many of them allow their agents to go find it. And they even break down like, they use all of the filters in Instagram to try to filter against all of the hateful words, and yet they run out of filters to actually block the hate. And, and, and I'm saying all this, but in the, in the same context of I do believe social and digital are the great equalizers and allow us to equalize and have our voices be heard. But there's also bad people doing bad things, and those things exist. And the core aspect that connects this whole tissue, Don, I'd love to hear you take it from here, is this idea that they are the same two humans that they were when they were doing those first TikToks in their house in Connecticut. But they've also now have to embrace a whole new world of not only every time they step out of the house, there's people following them around, but also they have this like pressure to deliver. They're running like four companies. They just launched a clothing line with Hollister. And so I think it's a great like lesson because many of us struggle with like 15 people saying they like us and one person saying they don't like us. Imagine if you're someone, I mean, like we could throw out Justin Bieber, right? Justin Bieber has the most unliked YouTube video in the history of YouTube. He also has the most liked video on the history of YouTube, right? Like, so in like a weird way, there's, there's such an interesting element of this, yet staying grounded at who you are, I would argue both of the Dixie and Charlie, uh, thanks to their parents' ability to admit what they don't know, they have therapists involved, they, they bring in mental health professionals, and they also hire people to help run their business. Their ability to stay like that and also keep some of the core aspects of their family makes that documentary, I mean, it is must-watch. I, I, just the way that they talk about mental health and anxiety, I was taking notes because I want to be a better father for my daughters, and I understand that there are things that I just don't can't relate to. I wasn't born on uh, into this generation. And so for me, like, as watching that growth, Donna, how did you connect those issues? Because I think for so many of us, we have to stay grounded in that way as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm watching. I'm still through it, going through it. It's I'm not done with it. But you know, I live here in Los Angeles, born and raised, and there is no question that when you're in Los Angeles, you immediately get kind of shoved into. Um, a feeling of comparing yourself, right? Like I grew up comparing myself. I grew up comparing the fact that my house was smaller than my friends. I grew up comparing the fact that I didn't have enough money or as much money or the nice clothes or, you know, 
the the amazing vacations, the things that my friend like my I was best friends with fashion designer kids and celebrity kids and people that were on TV and that was just my normal day to day life. So I grew up in that kind of arena of seeing that. But here's the thing: at the end of the day, like why? Okay, so that that show is amazing for all those reasons for mental health. But how do we turn this around and kind of bring this back to people that are in this room right now who are maybe in some capacity growing? growing their star, right? Growing their star quality, growing their fame, right? So maybe it's more followers. Maybe like for me, I have to be a hundred percent honest. I came onto clubhouse in January with 7,000 Instagram followers. And now I'm 14,000 and clubhouse, obviously now we're at 23,000 followers here. So you, you grow a little bit in terms of visibility, which is so essential for your brand and everything. And what the last thing I ever want is for anyone to say, wow, Donna's changed. Donna has changed, you know, from where I met her back in January to where she is now. The truth is I have. I have changed. But I don't believe I've changed in a way that has taken me away from my core values. I've changed in a way that I've had to grow. You know, I have my my beautiful client, Sue, who's on the stage right now. And Sue is, um, she she is all about teaching resilience and cultivating resilience, um, especially for anyone that is struggling with infertility. So so make sure to check her out if that's you. And she is, she is incredible, but I, I have grown in, in the resilience way, like the inner self of myself, I think I have grown, everyone should kind of be constantly evolving and growing. But it's about how you're making other people feel fanzo, maybe that's what it is. It's this idea of when you are rising, when you are growing, when you're changing in terms of how many offers you're getting per day, how much money you're getting every time you speak, how many sponsors you get, how many likes and followers and views. How do you make sure that you stay true to those core values so that at the end of the day, when you do see someone online and then you meet them in person, they're not like, wait, what? I just got tricked by this person who showed me this version of themselves online. And then in real life, they're, they're actually awful human beings. So that is to me, like, this is the conversation, how, and what you titled, like we're, we share a, a, a note, you know, to kind of outline what we were going to talk about today. And what you titled it was how to be an authority without losing your authenticity. And I was like, ah, oh, the word authenticity. I'm so sick of that word. And Fanzo, what did you say? You're like, don't be sick of that word. Yes, we can't be sick of that word because we have to, we have to reward. See, this is the reason I think we get sick of it is because we hear it often thrown around as if A, it's something that is natural or B, it's something that we are celebrating enough and we're not celebrating uh, you know, authentic humans enough. And we, we will oftentimes talk about you know, the, the catfish or the people that have faked it today make it or that are you know, the people that maybe aren't the most colorful. And I, I think, you know, Donna, one of the things that you mentioned there, which I think is also an important aspect, is that you know, this is something that you don't do once. It's something that is, is a continual process in self-awareness, in, in, in kind of bringing things back down to earth. And I will say, you know, for me, it also can come in the fact, uh, and this is kind of like taking a little, a little twist from our, our notes because that's kind of what I do. You know, I got a lot of pressure as my... Oh, wait, you're going to go off the notes? I, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with myself. How, how am I going to handle it? What am I, I going to do? <laughs> so I was getting... And actually, you've, you're familiar with this because I've actually shared this with, you know, our back channel as well. You know, things that were... I was getting pressured in the last 18 months or so to leave my, my baseball hat, my colorful shoes, 
and my persona that I've built for the years, and it's not a persona, my, my presence, and I need to be more business-like. I need to be more presenting myself like a $20,000 speaker because that's where you're at, Brian, and you need to go, you need, and, I, and so far, so far, you know, so much so that people started sending me links, and people, people that are in my camp were sending me links of, Brian, these are people that now that you're on this level that you need to start to become like. And I will tell you, it is very easy to yield to those kind of, that kind of advice and that kind of recommendation. Very easy. Because there is a misconception that because you wear a, cer a certain clothing, a suit and a tie, or a formal dress, that you are all of a sudden more business-like. Or that you respect the audience more than others, right? Because I wear uh, a piece of clothing. And, and, and I am one that understands that there are certain roles and certain jobs that have been built out in that framework. I would also argue that we go back to a very archaic times that, that also were times where you know, women had a different role in this world and minorities were, were, were shunned in, in this world. And so like a lot of the changes that I look at in this bigger picture is this idea of if we have to not only stay true to ourselves, but in some cases, we have to be willing to push back about those that haven't really grasped the importance of the, the things of who we are. And and my my baseball hat and colorful shoes does not it does not who I it does not like it's not like the thing that's like oh I can't live without them. But for me part of it is me knowing that I can step in with the way that I want to show up to the world that I am most comfortable. I know that it also allows me to be like greatest that I am, the deliver that I am. And and I shared this Donna with you before. I, I spoke in front of a hundred executives today at an event. And two people came up to me before I spoke. And, and I will say, for all of those that attend events, please, please. But I had two individuals, not even at the same time, two different areas, say, Brian, you know, hey, uh, uh, nice to meet you. Like, uh, I researched you a little bit. Uh, you know, you have some interesting topics, but uh, I'm not really sure you're going to be a fit for this audience. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here, so good luck. Two different people said that to me today before I took the stage. Now, very blessed for my mindset and my approach to things has always been not to be like, allow that to go, wait, am, am I not good enough to be here? Should I, should I take off my hat? Should I, should I, I, I maybe I should not tell the stories I'm going to tell. Rather, I've, because of my experience, because of where I'm at, I was able to go, oh, this guy is in for a treat. Like this, and, that, and that's my exact thought was, Wow, are they going to be in for a treat? Because now, not only are they coming in underestimating me, but um, I know I am confident in delivering my message that it is going to resonate. And both of those people sat in the audience, and I will say I will give credit to one of them. He was the very first person that jumped up, walked over to the side of stage, and he shook my hand. And he said, damn, am I glad you proved me wrong. But I'm, I'm saying that in the sense of people are going to judge. People are going to try to shepherd us in ways that might not be what's best for us, yet it's going to be like what those that we quote unquote want to be like. And I think we have to. I, I think that I think Brent uh, Brent Menswar in that book he calls him the he calls him the non-negotiables, right? We have to own our non-negotiables in what we're willing to sacrifice or give up or do or change in order to achieve what we need to achieve. And we also have to understand that there is a risk versus a reward in the way that we show up. I know for many years 
that I have, there are stages I have not been able to be a part of because of the way I show up. And guess what I have done? I've recognized that when I stay true to myself, that I'm going to continue to get the stages that I want to be on. And I think this also comes back to even a bigger you know, lesson, I think, for all of us also to be, and this, Donna, this is where we were kind of, you know, this idea of how do we be an authority without losing our authenticity. Part of it is also remembering that we are no better than anyone else. We are all human. We all put our clothes on the same way. And the beauty of being realizing and recognizing that our voice matters and that we can impact others is the beauty of that is, is that it is our voice and our perspective. And this is a soapbox for me. I think it's probably going to be a soapbox in every room I, and especially Breakfast with Champions is our job on Clubhouse, on stages, in your, in your day-to-day life is not to convince others that you are an expert or that you know more than them. Your job, our role in all... Are you... And I believe part of that problem becomes... Hold on, Vanda, you cut out a bit. To all of a sudden no longer be ours or, in some cases, start to lose what it really was in the uniqueness, then we start to get into an area that's very scary. What do you think, Donna? You cut out just a little bit towards the end there, so I want you to repeat it. I want you to repeat it. I see your mic blinking, but I don't hear hear you. Is anyone else here, Donna? No? You guys don't hear me right now? No, we hear you, Donna. Fanzo, you're in a you're in a tunnel. It's buddy. you, Fanzo. It's you. <laughs> yes, for the first time, my tech works and Fanzo's doesn't. That was amazing. Um, yeah, what he was saying, what Fanzo was saying, is so it's so true. It's this idea of being able to, you know, stay true to who you are, even if you think that you're not going going to maybe conform to what people want from you. Fanzo, are you back? I'm back. What happened? That was crazy. I know. I, like, all the icons were blinking, but it, I, w- I don't know what happened. Well, you you cut out just at the last sentence, and then you were like, what do you think, Donna? And I'm like, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what you said. Do you remember what you just said, the end of it? Well, I, 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 think, I believe I was pulling it together in the sense of saying, you know, like, of understanding not only our, you know, how do we, you know, we stay true to ourselves, but you know, the power is in our unique perspective, and there's two ways that we oftentimes lose lose our value. And one of them is that when we forget that it's our perspective, not the perspective we think that others want us to share. And then the other piece of it is we lose, we lose what makes us unique. And the scary part is I don't know which one's worse. I just know both of them are things that we have to put in the check. What do you think about that, Donna? I mean, I think what you're saying is exactly what why I do what I do. Like the why, right? The why factor of what we do. Yes, of course, there's a big, grander why. But in terms of what I'm doing right now, when I'm when I'm coaching on personal branding, it's the idea of really going deep and figuring out. It's kind of therapeutic, actually, figuring out exactly who you are, what you believe in, what you stand for, how you want to be seen and and talked about and um, thought about in this world, right? In this world of online entrepreneurship or or in life entrepreneurship. But the point is that you have to get really, really clear about that and then maintain that. And that is what sets you apart. See, so many people in this world are their reputations precede them, right? We have people, how many times is it? I just said it the other day, right? I went to the Dave Matthews concert. I went to the Dave Matthews concert on Friday and I love Dave Matthews, you guys. I know this is embarrassing because a lot of people don't love Dave, but I 
Dave. I love Dave. And Dave Matthews is the one person, I said it to Molly and everyone in the back chat, I said, he's the one person I don't want to meet. He's the one person I'm obsessed with. And I don't want to meet him because I've heard that he's not so great in person. Now, that could be just a rumor. It may not be true. But I remember hearing this about many, many celebrities who I've looked up to, right? We've all had that celebrity that you just are obsessed with. You finally meet them and they don't give you time of day. Can I also turn? Yeah. Can I just throw in also, we have to be careful also to recognize where that kind of feedback comes from, right? You mentioned some earlier, Donna, that like someone telling you that, wow, Donna, you have really changed. Oftentimes that feedback is coming from people that are stuck in their own way and want to break you back down to come to them because they're scared to develop like we have. And there are going to be people in our lives every freaking day that show up that way. But there are also other people that are going to say, hey, you have really changed and you need to check yourself, right? And like, but I think we have to recognize that because it comes in that, you know, the Dave Matthews band's a great concept, right? I had the luxury to meet him many times. His, his mom has a beach house that was actually on the street that I grew up in, in Virginia Beach. And you know, this was before the fame and fortune. And I've seen him, you know, Dave Matthews over 70 times in concert. Like, I'm a, a fan as well. And I will say he was as chill, introverted musician as I had ever seen. And I often heard from people that would badmouth Dave Matthews' band, since we brought it up, because they were also the people that didn't like, you know, the starving artist, independent artist to become popular or be heard on the radio. Yet we all know that if it was us, that is our goal, and that's oftentimes the musician's goal, right? And so I think there's a difference between leaving those behind you that are trying to drag you down or bring you backwards and also understanding where you where you want to go and how you want to get there and making sure that you're listening to some of the people that are around you because they are going to be people around you that we need to listen to that are going to put us in check. And I think, Donna, I think that's such an uh, important aspect because as soon as you said, like, oh, my goodness, you have changed, right? Like, I, we've all, everyone's going to hear that. I mean not even just clubhouse side of the house, right? People are going to be like, because there are a lot of people that are scared of those that are working on themselves, those that are leveling up, those that aren't willing to settle for what is today and willing to reinvent in the future. And so like that is such an important key aspect. But but we have to change. Like that's another thing that we need to think about here. If, if, if someone is not saying you've changed, it, like changing is not negative, you guys. I know a lot of us are scared of change. Changing is a freaking, not only positive, but a necessity. To change means you're growing. If you're not growing, what do they say? You're dying or you're stagnant. Changing is not necessarily bad. Yes, you can change in a bad, in a bad way. But I, I want every single person that I ever work with all of my friends, like I want us to change. I want us to grow. I have 100% changed since January of 2021. Like there's no question. So much of me has changed. So change is actually not the negative thing. It's about making sure that if you are growing and increasing your um, visibility and maybe demanding a higher rate or getting more followers or more attention or more, you know, TikTok fame, whatever it is, we were talking about the Demelio twins, not like if anyone here is on TikTok. I'm just like worried about Rachel D'Elta. We're not talking about you, my love. But if you get that stuff, that fame, that uh, anything like that, really you got to make sure that at the end of the day, you are still within yourself, that same person that got started, right? That same person that got started that had that why, that had that moment that said, here's why I want 
this fame. Here's why I want this growth. Here's why I want this this experience so that I can show more people who I am and not lose yourself in the process. And that is a big portion of personal branding, right? Like that's what we do when we talk about personal branding is like getting very clear on who that is, what that is, but then how that can be the reason that you stand out, right, Fanzo? Without question. And it is the reason you'll stand out. For those that, you know, when you're thinking about it, it's, we, we and you know, I think we, we as parents also have to recognize that in our children, right? Our children are craving just to fit in, just to fit in. Like, that's what my, you know, are, that's what they want. They don't want to stand out. And my daughters, you know, like, you know, for me, so much of my life is driven by this, this mantra of just being yourself. And my daughters often mock me and laugh because they're like, yeah, daddy, we know that's your thing. Like, you've never once been afraid to be the guy that stands out in a crowd or, or you know, represents in, in your own way. And I, and I, wi- you know, and I'm working on that as a parent because, you know, as children, you know, even through college and in high school and even, you know, early on in our career, we, we want to blend in, we want to fit in, we want to just find people that are like us. And then I think over time we start to recognize that the beauty in people that we, that love, love us and care about us, people that want to do business with us is because that we are different, we are unique, and each one of us have our own, you know, superpowers. We have our own things that we can kind of step into and understand, and, and the more that we can embrace those, the better. And I think not only the more we can embrace them, but the more we can not allow public pressure, fame, business success, personal success, from losing those core aspects. And I think that's, Donna, I think that's, you know, this is, this is a lot of fun, this first segment we get to do together, because, you know, I think it, it came to light for both of us just in something that, you know, I think we, we put each other in check at, at, at times if we need to, but we also, you know, have some great people and, and, and BDE family around us that also we can celebrate each other. We can, um, you know, put things, you know, hey, the nice segment, but I would love to have this, or hey, you should do this more, or whatever that may be. And I'll say for, you know, everyone that's out there, you know, part of this growth is also, you know, identifying what you don't know and surrounding yourself with people who know what you don't and are will- willing to celebrate your success. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll, Don, I'll let you kind of close this out. I'll just say this, that, you know, we don't celebrate our wins enough in this world today. And the world is full of plenty of, of hate and struggle. And, I mean, damn, this journey through everything is is up and down, especially going through a global pandemic and all the things that we all have going on in our lives. And um, whatever we're all going through is not any smaller than anyone else's just because someone else is going through something different. And I, and I hope we all recognize that. But I really hope we all find people in our, in our circle that no matter what they're going through, they're going to celebrate our happiness alongside of us. Because far too many people are dimming their own light because they're afraid of what others, their friends, are going to say about their success. And I'm sorry, if your friends are not happy for your happiness or the success you have, they should not be qualified as friends. They are someone that is not making you a better person. They are not someone that understands like who you are at your core. And I, I also believe part of this whole journey in you know being our, our best authority and, and understanding how to stay authentic is also having to equally celebrate our wins as we lean on our friends during the, the, during the tough times as well. So loving this thing, uh, Donna, bring us home. Bring us home. Okay, I'm going to say, no just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, what you're what you're saying is probably the biggest lesson I've had to learn in 2021 more so than any other year of my life is the power of friendships 
and the struggle of friendships. And that could be an entire other conversation because we, you know, we could talk about that for a long time. Next I think Tuesday at 1 p.m.? There you go. There you go. All of us have had experiences. I know so many people here right here on this on the stage that have talked about this experience of of, you know, shrinking your inner circle or losing some friends as we change and evolve. And it's just a natural piece of life. I talked about this last time. I said you have friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for a lifetime. And that happens. And I think we have to, you know, remember that we attract to us people that are similar like this room and and the I heard it this morning. It was still dark out. I was getting ready to go to my workout, and uh, Ramon was introducing um, Glenn. Glenn was about to come on, and and he was saying, you know, this is not a like-minded club. This is a like-hearted club, and those are the people that you usually attract in your life are like-hearted people. Like-minded is not necessarily ideal. You want to make sure that you have some discourse and some conversation and everything, but at the end of the day, where is your heart? Where's your heart? What does it really truly believe in? Is it in the right place? Is it meant? Um, do you have good intentions? Are you, um, are you, and you should know that. You should know that in your own heart and you should know that with the people around you that even if you hear something that they say that kind of is a little bit unnerving or uncomfortable or whatever, the, where their heart is, is what is the most important thing. We all are human beings. We are naturally going to mess up we are naturally going to make mistakes. We're naturally going to say things that are wrong. We shouldn't all be canceled immediately. What we should, you know, be able to experience is a little bit of grace and a little bit of forgiveness as long as people know that our heart is in the right place. And I think that that's a really important thing too. Um, when it comes to figuring out your personal brand, and you know, for those of you guys that are interested in diving deep into growing your personal brand, um, I do have a four-week course that is closing on Friday. My cart is closing. It's called Amp Up Your Personal Brand. You can learn more in my Instagram profile. So make sure to send me a DM and say hi so I can chat with you about it. But it's scary. It's scary, it's scary when you dive deep and try to figure out who you are who you are in this online space because it's it, it's like you have to uncover what is it like the blooming onion you have to peel back the layers of that onion you get really really um you know in with your core core beliefs values but as long as your heart is in the right place i believe you will find yourself in an amazing circle of people with really really great things to say about you and that to me is is my goal and my intention so fanzo this was great I had a fun time um, chatting with you this morning. That was great. It I always... want to put a little amen on what you just said, Donna. That's all. Amen, girl. Amen. Glenn, I thought you were just a cartoon up there. You know, I thought you were <laughs> Danelle earlier. Now I think you're a cartoon. I don't even know. I don't even know who you are anymore, Glenn. <laughs> I loved your conversation. <laughs> I loved your conversation this morning. It was so good. And, um, you know, the yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's why we come into this room, right? That's why we come into Breakfast with Champions. We find ourselves throughout the day needing that little, you know, that dopamine hit, right? Like that hit of, okay, there's people out there that believe in what I believe in or they think similar to me or maybe they don't, but they are well-intentioned. They are good people and they're trying to make a strong, positive impact on the world, which is why I think we've all found ourselves in here. Um, Fanzo, I'm sure you're ready to do a reset before we pass it over to Brooke Lacey. Of course, and I, and I get to pass it. We get to pass the brook. Yay! This is our. This is like the normal for me. I think every Breakfast of Champions room I've done, I feel I have the uh, the luxury and pleasure uh, of sending it over to Brooke, which I think you guys are you know you guys are in for a treat. So I'm excited for 
uh, that segment. And just a you know, reminder, you, know, you are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And did you know that we're not just on Clubhouse? Yes, that's right. There's a podcast. There's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever and whenever. If, uh, if there's a channel, it seems like we are there. So We're uh, probably sure like in your house right now. Like we're probably sitting on your couch too probably. somehow. Hey, and we're everywhere. The podcast, you know, I was I, I was uh, you know at my event yesterday waiting for a sound check, and I was listening to the the most recent uh, podcast episode that had dropped. I, I was uh, I was like, you know what, I have so I wasn't gonna jump. The, the, I think the the programming had en just ended, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna listen to the podcast. And I I dawned on me at that moment. I was like, how cool is this that we get to tap into uh, Breakfast with Champions, the things that we miss um, through the podcast as well. So make sure you go. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.